Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. You know, I've mentioned this before, but my very favorite part of hosting the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast is meeting some of the most brilliant women on the planet. And my next guest is one of them. Now, I had been following her for several years, and I really loved the way that she approaches money. Now, money is often a touchy subject for many women, but especially women with ADHD. Now, I didn't realize this until we had until we met during the interview, but she is also a mom with ADHD. So no wonder I love her approach. She makes it all ADHD friendly. Now, Chelsea Brennan is a founder of Smart Money Mamas and its monthly membership community, the Motivated Mama Society, which is no less than brilliant. An ex-hedge fund uh, manager turned financial educator, she is dedicated to changing the way we talk about money, helping moms connect with all aspects of their money in a way that lets them overcome emotional blocks, identify what they most want, and create the healthy money habits that help them achieve their biggest goals, all while modeling positive money relationships for the next generation, our kids. Chelsea lives in Connecticut with her husband, she says a rock star stay-at-home dad, and two young and energetic boys. Now, during this episode of the Vision Driven Mom podcast, Smart Money Mama's founder, Chelsea Brennan, and I talk about simple ADHD-friendly solutions for managing money, even if money has been challenging in the past. We talk about what money mindset is and how to shift yours, yes, even if you have ADHD, what values-based spending is and why it is a brilliant concept for moms with ADHD. We talk about basic investing. We also talk about the upcoming Mamas Talk Money virtual event. Now, you are definitely going to want to check out the Mamas Talk Money, the legacy you leave behind. A three-day live virtual event for moms who want to build a financial legacy for their families in a way that aligns with their values and leaves the world a better place than they found it. Now, this event features over 30 incredible women in personal finance and business, giving you the tools and the knowledge you need to create your own financial legacy, build generational wealth, and raise kids who are financially savvy. Even if you haven't had a great experience with money in the past, you'll have access to all the replays for 30 days and it's hands-on with built-in time to put it all in action. It is ideal for the ADHD mom. Now you can find the details at bit.ly.com forward slash VDM dash smart money mamas, or you can find the link in the show notes. Enjoy the show and let me know which gold nugget resonates with you the most. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, 
Well, hey there, Chelsea. I am so excited to have you here. I've been following you for years. And and like we were talking about earlier, I feel like I know you. You know, I feel like you're in my head. You're in my car. You know, you're on my walks with me. So welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm so excited to be here and I'm honored to be in your life in that way. Yes, I, I know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you have the podcast too. And you're like, um, yeah, okay, people know me. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. So Chelsea, tell us a little bit about your story, about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing now. Absolutely. So right out of my, absolutely. So right out of college, I started my career on Wall Street. I've always been really super interested in money and how it works in the world. And the best place to kind of learn that at a high level felt like it was going to be the investing world. And so I spent a few years on Wall Street. I ended up transferring to a hedge fund where I managed a large portfolio um, of distressed debt and private equity investments and things like that. And while it was intellectually stimulating, it did not align with the life I wanted to live. It didn't align with my values. And that really came to light after we had my my first son. And so just seeing how little I saw him and what, what I was, one of the things I really wanted to teach him was that we can earn money doing things that we love and we can earn money doing things that have an impact. And I felt like I wasn't modeling that in a good way. Right. And also I was facing some burnout, some physical and, and mental burnout. And so about a month before my second son was born, um, I decided that I could, I was, I was done. I was not going to do it anymore. And so I'd been saving for financial independence for a while. We weren't there yet. And so for those of you who don't know, financial independence is the concept of having enough assets in savings and investments that you work is optional. You no longer have mm. to work if you don't want to, you can live off your investment. So we weren't there quite yet, but we definitely had saved a bridge. And we said, okay, I've got two years to see if I can make a business work. And I really wanted to talk to families and specifically moms about money in a way that like, how can we view money as a tool? And so I left about a month before George was born and started Smart Money Mamas. And it's been a little over four years now. and It's been wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I love your work and we'll we'll dig into it, but for this ADHD mom, I love the way you approach money because mm. money money tends to be a little a touchy a touchy thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Especially for for women with ADHD. There's a lot of stigma, you know, we're not good with it. Maybe things that we'd heard in our past, that old money story. Yeah. Um, and as well as the executive functioning that that um, that we are lacking um, in keeping it all um, all organized. And um, and and that, you know, honestly, money is not necessarily something that keeps my attention. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I want the money. I want that financial independence. But when it comes to, you know, sitting down and, and doing a budget and all of that, it's just um, it's uh, it's it doesn't keep my attention. And with ADHD, we need something to keep the attention. That's why I love the way that you approach money. So can you tell us a little bit? You talk a lot about money mindset. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about what that means? Yeah, I want to touch first on even for moms without ADHD. So Tracy and I were touching before we got on live about how we both have ADHD and how we deal with that. But I think even with moms without ADHD face a lot of the same struggles, just less severely, right? We're so right. busy. We're so entrenched and we're exhausted, which means that executive functioning goes down. Yeah. And when you've been told for a long time that women are bad with money, you know, we've all heard the jokes of like, hide your wallet from your wife, right? That's something that we all heard growing up and it was ha ha so funny, right. but it, it gets ingrained in our brains that like, 
like, oh, we're just not a person who could be good with this, or it's just not interesting. Like old school people who taught about money were so boring. And oh my stodgy, god, the stodgy. I'm, <laughs> I'm imagining like the 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 guy with the mustache and the cigar and the. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm like, <laughs> you get the old white man vi- visual, right? Right. And then you also get, you still have it. You've got the Dave Ramsey's of the world. I mean, it was just last year that he tweeted the only time you should see it, the inside of a restaurant if you're in debt is if you're working there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how are we still having this conversation? Like, right. what shame, what limitations? And so, yeah, so money mindset is really about what are the core stories? What are the beliefs that you have about money? And they could be subconsciously, often they are, Mm -hmm. that you're looking to prove with your actions. And so what's interesting about that story is a lot of us aren't aware of it. And that research shows that our core money beliefs are set around age seven. Wow. And so it's not that we can't change it after seven, but I want you to think back. If you're a parent, if you have a seven-year-old or you've had a seven-year-old. Yeah. Think about their limitations of perspective, their limitations of processing. And so what happens is they see a moment and they need to make sense of it. And so they use that moment to make an assumption about how the world works. Mm, and then because right. of the way we as human beings keep ourselves safe is we want stability. We can't take we can't question every piece of stimuli we get because it's too much. And so instead, the way our brains work is we take what we believe and we only look for the evidence of that thing being true. Right. And so maybe you made this big assumption with complete lack of perspective at age seven, but now for 20, 30, 40 years, You've just been trying to prove it to yourself. And unwinding that is a huge part of changing habits. It's not as easy as people who say like, oh, you just need more willpower to be better with money. Like that's willpower is not the game here. Right. Yeah. And, you know, as you're saying this, I'm thinking of like, I heard this um, this uh, this analogy before. If you think of a quilt that, and all of the fibers are all 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 um, all tied together, right? Yep. That we can, it's possible, right? They're tight, and they and they've been around for you know, like you said, decades. But yeah. it is possible to slowly unthread them, right, mm-hmm. and create something new and different, a new a different mind, money mindset. And I'll tell you. Um, uh, I worked with a, um, a financial advisor who works with women, who loves to work with women. It was like maybe five years ago. And she helped me really to see um, the, the money mindset, mindset that I had and that I was able to have conversations mm-hmm. with my husband that were terrifying to me because of this thing that I learned when I was seven. Mm-hmm. And around that time, I went to a um, I went to a reunion, and I just kind of sat like a fly on the wall, and I was like, oh, "Wow, wow!" I had this realization, and it's it's awareness. It's yeah. I mean, we can't change anything until we have the the awareness. But I was like, "Oh my gosh, this didn't just come from my family, yeah. <laughs> like my immediate family. It came from my the, my lineage, right?" Yeah, and your your community. I mean, even your friends growing up, right? What what right. things did you take away from that? Because when we have help women peel back those initial money memories, sometimes for, for the think back and it's actually something that a friend said to them or a friend's parents mm. said to them where they realized that their family had less or their family had more. And so they made this distinction. And so I, I want to mention too, the quilt analogy is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that when women come to us, they're like, well, I just want to fix it. Like, I just want to, like, how do I make it better? And that's great. 
but this isn't something that just goes away. And so this mindset that you've carried around for a long time, awareness is the most important part, figuring out how to be able to acknowledge it, see the places that maybe it did help you. If you've ever heard of the concept of saboteurs, it's the idea that these are limiting beliefs that you have that at some point in your life actually kept you safe. And so it's really hard to let those things go because you can see all the ways that it helped you, but you've now reached a stage that to go to the next level, you've got to move on. And so how do we acknowledge these thoughts and say, okay, I hear you, but really this is what I think. And so that's what it is. It's figuring out how do we pause that train of thought and redirect it to get us what we really want. Yeah. I love that. The redirection, the, the re- we, and it's constant too, because those, oh, yeah. those old patterns, I mean, that's like you said, they, they kind of, they kind of, they stick and it's, and it may be, and, and I, I use this, um, this, uh, this idea of the ever upward spiral of becoming right. Yeah. So every time you're learning something new and it's going to come back again at some point, but you see it from a different perspective. And then you yeah. you go around and it may be maybe six months, it may be a year, maybe five years, but here it is again. But you're, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the unraveling, right? It's the, Absolutely. it's, it's the, and the redirection and it's continual. We have to continually bring ourselves back to that mindset. Yeah. And you've been in our community long enough to know that that's how we think about it too. And we've mentioned the fact that, you know, we so often want the tool. Okay. What's the best budgeting tool? What's the best way to invest that I don't have to think about this anymore because it's scary. And because we've heard people who bore us to death. And the reality is that money touches everything that we do. And so we have to build a relationship and perspective with money that it's a tool that's getting us where we want to go and that we're comfortable thinking about it. Because even if you reach a point where, you know, that negative thought that you originally said, centered in on doesn't actually come up that much anymore. Like you said, maybe it's been a year or two years. You probably will hit different blocks as you get to different levels of your finances. And so Mm -hmm. we have to stay aware. We have to stay engaged. And it also comes back to the impact we're having on our kids and the impact that we're having on our communities. If we try to ignore this, we're leaving our kids to make those assumptions without any perspective that they're going to have to unravel someday. And of course, there's no perfection. There's going to be things that your kids have to work on in the future. But if we can be more intentional now, be more aware now, we can help them understand a little bit better and and enter adulthood with more preparation. You know, and as you're saying this, because I mean, that, that is, that is what um, vision driven moms with ADHD is like, it's, it's, it's all about because our kids are watching us with their little eyes, ears and hearts, even when we think they're not right there. It's almost, almost, uh, they almost get it by osmosis sometimes. Like they just, they're feeling us and they're, they're, that's how they're, they're, um, they're, personalities and their lives get shaped. So if we are able to even change the trajectory, even just like one degree, we're going in a complete, I mean, if you think about like a plane, you know, if they change the trajectory one degree, you're going in a completely different direction. So, and I say that because for me, and I don't know about you, Chelsea, but with my ADHD, I'm like, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do it all the way. And, and then I get, I kind of, I, it's kind of a little bit self-defeating. So if we can just like, oop, we're just like changing the trajectory just a little bit, just a one degree, how about one degree? Like, we're not going to go, can you speak a little bit? And it, we didn't really talk about this, but speak a little bit into that and not making these giant, like, like upset the nervous system kind of changes. Mm. I want to mention too, uh, yes, but I want to touch on the ADHD thing first. Yeah. And so I think some of us 
got diagnosed as kids and we've been living with this for a long time. And then there's people like me who really didn't identify it too much later. Mine presents very often as anxiety yeah. um, and in that kind of executive functioning. And so for me, before I had kids, I was able to have way more control over my environment. And so what I did was created right. systems and routines and all these things that if I stuck to it, I was fine. But if I fell off the ramp, it was like a mess. Right. Yeah. And so I remember growing up being told I was difficult and um, inflexible and all these things. And so, but now I can't stick to those routines. So I've had to find new systems right. and creating these big, I'm going to change everything, right? Like, okay, I'm listening to this podcast. I realize I have a bad money mindset, like clean slate. I'm doing it all. I'm going to start journaling. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to spend money on these things. I'm going to start allowance with my kids. It is self-defeating regardless of your neurodivergencies, right? but also it doesn't help you really center in. I don't think on the relationship with money that you want, because when right. you're making that big of a change, you have to take in beliefs from other people because you haven't taken the time to sit quietly and know yourself yet. Mm -hmm. And so you're once again, building another money structure around somebody else's beliefs. And I am a huge believer that there's no one right way to do money, that we're all going to have our unique money values. And so I really think the power of small steps. And so one of the first things you can do when you want to work on your money is, is sit down for a couple minutes or um, these are ADHD moms, go for a walk, go for a drive. Something where you're in motion tends to help a lot. It, it distracts right. the other parts of your brain, but, but get in motion and think about how do I want to feel mm. when I think about money? Yep. What are my core desired feelings? Do I want to feel secure? Do I want to feel empowered? Do I want to feel charitable? Do I want to feel rich? What are the, what are your words? And no shame, whatever your words are, right? Pick your words. And then all I want you to do for the next couple of weeks is set a timer in your phone once a day with something you usually have a couple of minutes. And what is one tiny thing I can do today that moves me closer to that feeling? Right. Will I feel more secure if I don't get takeout today and I put that money into my emergency fund? Mm. Will I feel more empowered if I take a look at my credit card statement or more empowered of, I get really confused about investing terms. And so my task today is literally to Google one word and find the definition of that word. These are the smallest micro steps. And all they're doing is building that snowball of momentum where you are internalizing I am a person that takes action on my money. I am a person who feels the way I want to feel about money. And the bigger decisions will come, the confidence for those decisions will come. But if you try to create a system before you really know what you want your money to do for you, right. you're going to get frustrated. And we hear it all the time, right? Okay, I've made this brand new budget. I've cut my grocery expenses. I'm cutting all these fun expenses. And then they go off, off track at some point because life happens. And it could be an impulse spending day where you just had a bad day, or it could be an emergency happens that you weren't ready for. And the takeaway that people have is, well, budgeting is just not for me. Clearly, I can't do it. Instead of embracing the fact that your budget should be a living thing, there's no mm. such thing as a normal month or a normal week with your money. So you have to figure out where do you flex and bend to start to make this work. And a big thing for me, I just want to mention, this is something we built into our budget a few years ago that was mm. huge for us, is we literally have a mental health sinking fund. So for those of you who oh. don't know what it is thinking yes. fund is, um, you put a, you put a certain amount in each month. You don't necessarily spend from that money each month, but when you need it, that money's there. So there's mm -hmm. no stress. And right. so for us, when I'm having uh, a tough anxiety time or a tough depression time, or just executive functioning, we can pull that money to hire a cleaning person to come in, to right. do a couple more nights to take out to, for me to go, you know, get a massage or do a meditation or something that there's no guilt. There's room for it in the budget. And not right. everybody needs that, but Mental health is one of the major drivers of financial struggle. And right. because 
it is hard. You lose executive functioning. You lose that ability. And so when you can create a little space to give yourself some help, that's what your budget should do for you. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea, I absolutely love that. I love that mental mental health. What fund? What did you call it? Sinking funds. They're called sinking funds. Okay. Sinking fund. I love that idea. And we have recently a kind of, we've been moving money around in that way too, that this is like, this is important stuff. If we don't have our mental health, right? I mean, our mental, there's a mind body connection. If we don't have our mental health, we really, we can't make decisions for one thing. I mean, we, we need to really need to take care of our mental health. Um, I love that. I love that. I love that, um, that concept. And that's kind of, um, so several things that you just said, first of all, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all, all kinds of little tangents, but, um, but um, with that, okay, there it goes. It just went, it just went one of the things. Um, but what you were talking about in, in that, how do you want to feel? That's exactly what I teach. That's Mm -hmm. vision, living a vision driven life is how do you want to feel focusing on your values? And we'll get to that in a moment, your values, what you really want, what's important to you, and Mm -hmm. then acting as if like, how do you want to feel? And then putting it on, how does it feel to feel empowered with money? And then Mm -hmm. taking that step and becoming along the way. We don't, you know, like you were saying, we don't, we can't make do all of the changes all at one time. That's not how we, we don't go from A to Z. We become as we take the steps, as we put that on. And I think that that's something we see whether you're a recovering perfectionist or just the way that we're taught, like you're supposed to have the goal. You're supposed to know the whole path. You're supposed to have all the answers before you move. And we can't know the answers. And I, so I think giving up the idea that like, you know, where you're going to want to be in 30 years and lean into curiosities of like, Hey, Mm. instead of my central focus being, I want to have a million dollars or I want to retire by 55 or whatever that kind of goal is. If you focus in on your feelings, it lets you pivot as you grow as a person of like, Hey, I said, really what's important to me is to feel secure and empowered and charitable. And so that's, I used to think it was this, but now it's okay. I'm going to go over here. And right. It just lets us find that path. And it's the same thing with careers. We explain a lot that, you know, we have this vision of a career ladder. It's what we've all heard, but it's really more of a career jungle gym. When you talk to people who are super successful, they go yeah. sideways, they go backwards, they go up and down, kind of those, like you've seen those domes at the playground, oh, right? Yeah, you have to yeah. kind of move around them. And so just leaning into those curiosities and and trusting your feelings, I think is is a really important way to go. Yeah. Feelings and money. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in, trusting the feelings right not we're not talking about the anxious feelings or the fear feelings that keep us from you know of actually sitting down and and looking at our credit card statement <laughs> we're not talking about that we're about talking about how you want to feel how do i want to feel and, and then kind of do i do i i talk about it in the contraction expansion um test right yeah how does it feel when you feel a, when you think about this thing that you're moving toward if you mm-hmm. feel expansive, like, yes, then that's, the, that's, that's your answer. If you're feeling contractive, like, you know, like kind of protecting yourself, then maybe, maybe you need to tweak it a little bit. And I think that we mentioned values too. So we have our core desired feelings, but we also have the things that what are most important to us, like right. family, lifelong learning, travel, what are your, what are your values and combining those two things. And so one of the exercises that I love, and this is great if you're kind of new to really act, interacting with your money is do the scary thing, print off your credit card statement, print off your bank statement. And then I want you to just look at each expense and mark a plus 
if you feel like it brings you closer to your values and your core desired mm. feelings, a minus if it takes it farther away, and then maybe just highlight with a color if you're you're neutral about it, right? Right. And start to see how often are you making expenses that you don't feel good about and mm. not, and this is hard because, and I, and I want you to do this in pieces. Like you might have a ton of transactions in a month, so don't try to do it all, all at once. Do a couple a day for a few days, but right. Do you feel negative and guilty about it because you feel like you're supposed to feel negative and guilty about it and everybody told you, or do you feel negative and guilty about it because it's not actually something you wanted? Like right. you had a bad, so, so the first thing is to, to figure it out, right? What's mm-hmm. your pluses? What's your minuses? And I want you to look at your minuses and take some time, journal, voice memo. I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm an auditory processor for, so for yeah. me, I voice message and then I run it through a tool called Otter, which, uh, transcribes it for free and I can kind of go and scan back through it. So, but voice memo, do whatever it is, how you process Mm -hmm. and think about each of those negative expenses. Why did you make those expenses? Are those expenses that you just think you're supposed to make, right? Everybody does this. Everybody has this. And and that's kind of easier to, to drop or are they impulse spending decisions? And so for those ones, What's really interesting about that is saying, okay, what happened on those days? Mm. How was I feeling on those days? Did I feel unappreciated? And so I walked into Target and bought a top, even though I have 50 tops and I'm never going to wear this one. Like, did I need that boost of serotonin? And so I went and did it. Um, Was it that for the fourth time in a row, I forgot my kid had soccer practice on Tuesday. And so I didn't have time to go make dinner. And so we went through the drive-thru. Like, what are the things? And then we can start to create tools to optimize those, right? Right. So if you know that your impulse spending comes from when you're feeling underappreciated, is there a list of things that you can keep in your phone that actually have a better impact of making you feel appreciated? Being Mm -hmm. able to ask your partner, hey, I need to take a bubble bath tonight. Can you put the kids to bed? Is it listening to your favorite song? And like, so sometimes for me, literally just driving around and listening to two or three of my favorite songs and like belting them out in the car is way more fun and like has has a longer impact than than shopping ever would, right? Right. And so it's giving you your space to to figure out what are the emotional drivers of our spending and how can we create systems that work better for us? I love that. The emotional drivers. And I, I, when you first started talking about that exercise and the, the printing it out and then yeah. the looking at every single, you know, I, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't always do that. I just, kind of, but that's a great exercise and what, and I, I love, and again, Chelsea, I love your, um, the way that you go about money with, with self-awareness and it's not mm-hmm. just, and you said a little, a little while ago about, it's not about the million dollars. Like nobody wants a million dollars. You know, or the fine, I, I work with, uh, with women all the time who say, I want financial independence. Well, that is great. What the heck does that mean? You know, what so does for it some mean? People, that will require a million dollars and retirement on average right. is going to cost a lot of money, but it's not the money that you want. It's the retirement and the freedom. Exactly. And so how do we get there? Uh, and I want to mention too, there's different ways. So you don't say you don't look at every transaction every month. There are so many different ways to budget and so many different budgeting tools for years, 10 plus years. I used a tool called you need a budget. Mm-hmm. which does have a great record with people with ADHD. It makes you categorize each expense and it can really bring awareness. Right. But I switched a little over a year ago to a tool called Cube Money, Q-U-B-E. I've heard um, you talk about that. Yeah. It's a really cool platform where you get a bank account. So it is a bank, it's a bank account and budgeting solution. Mm-hmm. You get a bank account, but your debit card naturally has $0 on it. And so in their app, you go create all the buckets of things that you spend on groceries, uh, dining out, whatever it is, right? Pets, kids. 
And so when you go to spend at the grocery store, you open the app and you click the grocery budget and it moves all the money from your groceries onto your card. And then whatever's left over after you spend goes back into your cube. So you never have to categorize expenses. And it's a behavior modification tool because you have to, it literally is like two seconds. It's, it instantly funds. We've never had an issue with like timing or whatever, Right. but it makes you look. And so what I love about it is like, okay, when my husband and I, don't have enough money for dining out, right? We decide we want to go somewhere and we look at the cube and it's like, oh, there's only $20 left this month. We get to make a decision. Do we not want to go out this month? Or is there a category that has money left where we're comfortable shifting it? And so what happens a lot of times with budgeting and especially budgeting with ADHD is that it actually becomes tracking, not budgeting. And what I mean by that is you're just following along. Oh yeah, I spent this much money this month. Okay, next month, <laughs> like moving right, on. Whereas right. this makes you be intentional before the transaction hits. And so if you've struggled with budgeting in the past, I highly recommend anyone who is listening to check out Cube Money. Um, you can actually get two months free with the code Money Mama. We've done a lot of work with them. Um, two months free of premium. There's a free version as well, but premium lets you have like joint accounts and unlimited cubes and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can find a tool that works for you too. Once you figure out like kind of what some of your emotional goals are, then you can find a tool that fits within your personality and within your way, your brain right. works. I love that. I, I've heard you talk about it, but mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't, um, I, I, I love the explanation of that. And then I don't have to go and think and do the, you know, I, we have a, um, we have a separate, we use Ally Bank for, for, mm-hmm. um, for savings kind of a thing. Ally's and you great. can categorize yeah. in there, but that means I have to go in there and I have to see it. So, but I love that you can see it all right there. Cause I, you yeah. know, with the ADHD too, it's, it's, if it's right there, then I can, you know, it's easier for me. It's easier. And, and Ally too. So Ally is great for long-term savings because they pay a higher savings rate. And so having those buckets for your savings is amazing. Right. But one of the other things we noticed with Cube is that because it doesn't require updating, my husband and I are always working on the same up-to-date information. And so mm, what used to happen right. is He'd look at the budgeting app, but I hadn't updated it in two weeks because honestly, I missed it the first week and then there were too many transactions and I got overwhelmed and so I didn't actually fill it out. Right. But he thinks there's X amount of money left, but there's actually less than that or it's actually more than that. And so he's making decisions on inaccurate information. And so this means that you're always on the same page, right? right. And it's it's really reduced the number of money conversations that we've had to have because mm-hmm. we both see exactly where we stand all the time. Right. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'm definitely going to look that up. So Chelsea, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, we talked before we got on, um, got on the, um, on the call, but, um, we talked a little bit about, you know, this idea, this old stodgy, um, idea Mm -hmm. of, you know, investing for retirement. And you know what, for one thing, I don't think I'll ever retire. I love the work that I do. Like I'm, I'm not that that's, just not, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me at mm. all. So can you talk to us a little bit about, a little bit about some basic investing and, and what that looks like and how, how we can kind of turn that around. Cause we, you know, you hear retirement, retirement, save your retirement. Um, and it doesn't in a way that might be, make more sense or, or mean something. 
Yeah. <laughs> so first I want to give you a little bit of data. Okay. And so the average woman expects to retire sometime between 70 and 72. A lot of us think we're going to work longer. We love our work. But the majority of the time, something happens where we have to stop working between 64 and 67. Mm. And so that could be a health issue. That could be getting laid off. That could be whatever it is, right? Something happens. And so because we think we're going to work forever or for very long, we're, we've undersaved for retirement, which is a problem right. because we live longer, right? Yeah. And so the number of women, there's like 40% more women that live in poverty in retirement than men. Wow. And so these are things we, as hard as it is to think about, and it feels like never Leverland, and it's easy to sit here when we're healthy and we're young and be like, oh, I'll just work forever. Right. Statistically, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And so- we want to factor that in. Now that's the negative old school side of like the, the money, right? Right. The emotional side is this is a really fun exercise. And there's been evidence about anytime you can take a goal, especially a long-term goal and make it outside of yourself. As human beings, we actually don't have the ability to envision like 30 years in the future. It's not right. like we can, we can kind of, but so what you do instead is you create a persona of your retired person. You're going to name them you're going to like give them some style. Like what kind of clothes do they wear? Um, and any time, what, you know, who are their friends? What do they do for fun? And this doesn't have to be what you do in retirement, but like as much as you can envision, like who do I think is like a super cool old retiree person that I would want to be someday? I want you to create that vision of that person. And every time you need to make a decision of the future, ask yourself, Okay, what would Kylie think about this? Oh, like, love that. would she would she be disappointed? Like, am I going to get to Kylie's age and be like, "Damn, I can't believe I put a third vacation on the credit card when like now Kylie can't go to the cool concert with her her old bitty friends, right? right? And so, those are the type of things. Can we pick that person outside of ourselves? Is a really powerful tool, and kind of think about it that way. The second part is automating, and mm-hmm. so investing is one of those places in money. That putting your head in the sand is actually not a bad strategy. And what I mean by that is take the time the first time to figure out, here's how much I need to save a month for my retirement. Here's where I'm going to invest it. I want to be, here's here's what I want to do. And so for it really can be as simple as choosing what's called a target date retirement fund. And so mm-hmm. a target date fund, you pick the year closest to when you think you'll retire and it manages your risk as you get closer to that date. Okay. And so it'll keep you more heavily in stocks until as you get older, they'll move you more towards bonds. There are some limitations there specifically that, you know, this is uh, designed for white men. And so it, it gets too conservative too fast for a lot of women. And so there's some different things that you can do, but, but that is a great option. Like it's a great starting point. You right. can also have a two fund, it's a very simple portfolio and literally just set an automatic contribution every month to go to that account mm-hmm. and leave it alone. Don't worry about headlines. Don't worry about that guy on TikTok who's saying the market's going to crash, right? right? If you've got 20, 30, 35 years, you can weather those ups and downs. And so just let it ride. Yeah. And so have that person, but don't make yourself think about it all the time. Just get it set up and let it do its thing. Like yeah. it's, you want it there, uh, but don't underestimate. Cause this is another thing that we see Tracy that's, it's unfortunate is a lot of us have our own trauma when it comes to things like student loans. Right. And so we look at our kids and we're like, we do not want them to face that. Like college comes first. We're saving for the college. We're saving for the college. Um, this is a perfect example of, of kicking the can down the road. And what I mean by that is cool. You can help your kids pay for college, but are you now completely financially unstable in retirement? And they're worried about whether they need to take care of mom and dad. Right. Cause then it's, you're done. The, you've done the opposite. 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. And you've actually created a bigger problem right. for them than college where there are options for college. You can help them start looking at scholarships in middle school, right? right? You can talk to them about financial aid. You can listen to some podcasts about the best way to fill out the FAFSA so you get the most financial aid and your kid doesn't have as many loans. There are other options than like putting your retirement last. And so this is very much right. an example of put on your own oxygen mask before you do other things, even though right. it doesn't seem super fun. It will feel more fun once you've named your your retirement person <laughs> and really kind of have that vision. I have a good friend who actually has a little tiny vision board she keeps um, in her office mm -hmm. that is her retirement persona. And it's like clipped out pictures of magazines and whatever and like outfits. And so she has a real, like she needs that of, right. I gotta think about her. Like it's not just me, it's, it's also her. And so, yeah. and you slowly kind of become that person over time, which is a lot of fun. Chelsea, that is brilliant that because you're right, like when I used to have a hard time, you know, I was uh, I was a teacher mm -hmm. before I had my kids and we'd go to these um, we do these retreats or whatever um, conferences and, you know, OK, so what are your goals five years from today? What are your goals 10 years from today? I mean, are you kidding me? Because I can't even think about tomorrow. Um, and so with the work that I do, we do three years out. I cannot, I cannot think I myself, I don't, I've had a hard time seeing myself and my husband mm -hmm. sitting on the porch, you know, at the, like, I'm, I have a hard time, but I can do that. Mm -hmm. Right. I can, I can put on a different persona and, and what would she, what would she do? And I love that. Yeah. What would she do? What would she be doing? I, that That's well, brilliant. And I think we super struggle when we think about retirement, because one of the first questions you get asked with retirement planning is like, okay, what's your ideal day? Right. Okay, cool. My ideal day maybe is like in the hammock by the lake, reading a book and going for a swim. I don't want to do that for 365 days a year. Like yeah. I might be bored out of my mind. Right. And so the better question is, okay, let's start there. What's your ideal day? But what's your mm -hmm. ideal month? What's your ideal year? What are you achieving in a year? Are you right. traveling a couple times and volunteering on a regular? And this does not have to be set in stone. Like I want to just over and over and over again, remind you that this is a mirage that just lets you kind of guide those decisions. Does this get me closer to what I want and help you think outside the box? Because I think when we're in this busy season of life, and especially if you have young kids, right? Exactly what you were saying when you were a teacher, of, how do you want me to think five years? I can't remember what I had for breakfast. My exactly. kids, um, my kids' moods are changing like on a date. They liked bananas. Now they hate bananas. Like this is where I am in my life. I can't think five years from now. Right. It's more opening the possibilities yeah. of like, what are the things that I could really do? And how do I get there? Right. And what are the, what is the first domino I can knock down to make that possible? And, and listen, for everyone who's listening, did you ever do the frugal joys exercise when you were in the motivated mama society? Uh, no. Mm -mm. Okay. So the exercise ladies is, to take those core desired feelings and your core values. And I want you to write down completely brain dump or voice dump, whatever works for you. Everything you do or have done that has brought you those feelings or those values, mm. everything you've done. Okay. And then you're going to pick three different color highlighters. You're going to pick one color for free or cheap. You're going to pick one color for medium cost and one color for expensive hmm. without fail. Every person we have run through this exercise, the majority of that sheet is whatever their free low cost color is, right? Oh, that's because great. We think that we need all of this stuff. 
Right. And and there are things, there's some things that are really great that money can buy us that bring us a lot of joy. I'm not one of those people that's like, you don't need anything. Yeah. But if what your goals are, are quality time and lifelong, I, like I say all the time, one of my top frugal joys is curling up on the couch with both of my boys and reading them books. Mm, they will, right. they are the type of kids that will let me sit there and read them 10 books. Reading is a passion of mine. You guys can't see me, but I have this giant bookshelf behind me. Do. I want them to be lifelong learners. I love cuddling with them. Like physical touch is one of my love languages. And so to sit there with them, it doesn't cost me anything. Right. But what I need to do is we're not just budgeting. We're trying to create this ideal life. And I, we haven't really talked about the idea of holistic wealth, which for me is that you're thriving financially and in your health and in your, and in your um, self-worth, right? Right. Because if you don't have your health, both mental or physical, if you're not caring for yourself, what is money going to do for you? Right. Right. Like it's not going to make you any happier. And so for me, it's not just budgeting your money, but budgeting your time. And so when I did this exercise and saw the frugal joys, I was like, okay, I have to block off time that like is protected time that I read with the boys that is protected time that I sit in the hammock and read my book. And like, those things don't cost me anything, but if yeah. I don't prioritize them, then they don't happen because that's that's just how life is. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm facing more impulse spending. I'm facing more mental health spending because I'm not taking care of what really matters to me. Right. And so that's where right. that holistic picture has to come in. Yeah, and you're right back to the to, to values based, right? Mm-hmm. What exactly. is most important? As you're saying this, I'm thinking about um, my paddleboard. Right. Yeah. It was initial an initial investment. Mm-hmm. But man, have I gotten hours and hours and hours and hours. Like it has totally paid for itself times a hundred because of the enjoyment. I, and I don't, I, you know, all I have to do is take it to the lake and pump it up or, you know, wherever a little, a, a pond, you know? Yeah. but little, the, the little things that we can do that don't, you know, it doesn't have to be the, the, the yearly trip to universal or, you know, whatever it might be, or that, you know, the traveling the world. But I love that. I love that concept. And Chelsea, I really, really, the way that you, that you um, teach about money and your, the focus is really, it's, it's, uh, it's brilliant and helps my ADHD mind. And it's not because we know that, you know, money isn't linear, right? Money goes up and down and all over the place. Life in this human form is not linear. You know, I mean, we we live by this this timeline, right? I mean, the, mm-hmm. the hours in the day and the years, you know, we, we age and all that. But life in human form is like the jungle gym. It's all yeah. over the place, right? So why would we treat our money like, you know, linearly if life is not? Yeah. And I think that We've set this because we need routine, because our brains need some kind of structure. We've created this sense of time and and schedules and whatever, but even that is not linear, right? My one of my mom's closest friends, she spent they've been friends since they were little kids. She, in college, in high school and college, she was a smoker, she was overweight, she hated exercise, she was an unhealthy human being. Mm-hmm. And then in her 30s, she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. She is now done like eight Ironmans. Oh my gosh, she, Ironmans. <laughs> she's and she like, we'll just like wake up in the morning and run 10 miles. And I'm like, you you were, but because it doesn't matter how old she is. Like she's turned 60 this year, I think. And she's still doing it. I think she did her last Ironman two years ago. Like 
pre you know pandemic throws everything into a loop but right. no matter where you are you can start this journey financially physically mentally you can start and your kids are watching it comes back to i'm sure you've read glennon doyle's untamed oh yeah absolutely um mm -hmm. and so that line she has in there about what if women's mo what if mother's most important goal is to be a model not a martyr right. right and like we're not supposed to put ourselves last and it's exactly what you were saying with the universal trip too that universal trip once you that's freaking fantastic but yeah. you can't expect your family's joy to be contained in one week a year, right? right. You've got to find right. ways to carry it through both in your budget and in your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea, this has been amazing. I have loved every minute. Yeah. And I was super excited about talking to you because I, you know, it, you completely, I'm like, you're, you're talking and I'm not, I'm, you know, my, the tendency is like, oh, oh, oh yeah, that, 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 that. <laughs> but I totally resonate with the way that you, um, the way that you, uh, that you look and teach about money. It's brilliant. Thank and you. can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either uh, achieved something or overcame something that initially felt just felt impossible? It's mm, a really good question. I think, hmm. So I think the biggest thing for me was identifying, and this is overcoming something, identifying that I had postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And so I had it really bad after my first, it never got diagnosed. I was totally, because it, because of the way I used to deal with my ADHD was if I could just create a structure, everything that will sounds be fine. like me. Yeah. If absolutely. I could just be more disciplined. And so I had that same reaction. I was like, listen, if I could just exercise more and eat better and everything's going to get better. And it went through all the way till I had my second and I still had, it was still going on. Mm. And it really was, he was about, my second was about six months old. And I finally, you know, I'd read a couple things about postpartum. One of my, fr one of my friends actually wrote this essay about her experience with it. And I came downstairs in tears and just looked at my husband and was like, I think I need to go to the doctor and I think I need to go to talk. I need to go to therapy. Yeah. And it was a huge thing for me. And then what was overcoming was, was figuring out that I had missed a lot in the first six months of his life and the first two years of my oldest life, right. because I was in such a difficult place and learning how to be comfortable talking about my mental health struggles, comfortable mm -hmm. talking about the fact that my brain just doesn't work the same as everybody else. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of shame. And so overcoming that in a way that I can talk about it in a more healthy way with my kids now that they're a little bit older, that's a huge thing that I'm proud of because I can definitely see some of the starts, especially of the anxiety with my oldest. He just turned six. Yeah. And I don't want him to ever feel like he's got to hide it or that it makes him something wrong with him. And so helping talk him through that in a way that I wouldn't have been capable of doing before I really started to dive into my own mental health journey was is something I'm proud of. Right. Yeah. Thank you for your vulnerability. And I know that um that lots of the moms who are listening can relate and it's hard. And I, that was the same thing. My kids were 17 months apart and um, I didn't, the first one was a complete, you know, it was, I had PTSD from the first one, never quite got, and it was, I, I think my daughter was, maybe she was six months by the time, um, yeah. by the time I sought help, but you know what, you did it when it was right, right? 
you yeah. did it when it was right and now you can use that but i love that you were able to turn it around and okay so now i can help my kids now yeah. i can now that i've been through this and not that we don't we don't want that for anyone you know and and <laughs> and, and that i think forgiving yourself also for that time that it wasn't wasted it wasn't you know you didn't lose it you, you we still have our kids you know we're always a mom right i mean yeah. even when they're out of the house so it's not wasted we start where we where we are like with money mm -hmm. <laughs> and now and this kind of leads me into um to having you tell us about how how the moms can find you and tell us about the the virtual uh, event that you have coming up absolutely so we're smart money mamas and that's m-a-m-a-s i know some people spell it a little bit differently uh basically everywhere so you can go to smartmoneymamas.com you can follow us on instagram TikTok, facebook at smart money mamas we've been doing a lot on TikTok lately i'm having a ton of fun with that platform oh, um and so come check us out but in april 8th through 10th we're running an event called mamas talk money the legacy you leave it's a three-day virtual conference where we're really diving into what do we want to leave behind someday? Mm. And I think that this is such an exciting topic because so often we hear the word legacy and we imagine someone who's 70 or 80 and they're making a decision of what their legacy is going to be. Right. But the reality is our legacy is built by that point. It's yeah. all the little decisions that you made along the way. It's all the lessons that you taught your kids, the way you spoke to them about money and about values. And so we're going to be digging deep into how to align your money with your values, how to decide what does wealth mean to you? Because everybody's got their own definition. What right. are the lessons you want to teach your kids? And then how do you actually do it? And so um, if anyone who's ever come across me before might have heard me say, if you didn't come from a healthy and wealthy family, a healthy and wealthy family has to come from you. Mm, and we're going to be right. talking about that that weekend. We have a great panel on breaking generational cycles. We're going to be talking about voting with your dollars. How do we create the communities we want to live in by the ways we use our money, um, how we bank, how we invest, how we spend. Um, and then every day there'll be a 90 minute live workshop with me. And so what I love about this, if you're somebody who really needs that community, you need to talk it out you want to feel like you're not just kind of sitting stuck in your own head these workshops are going to be run on zoom i'm going to teach for a little while give you guys a discussion question to work on and actually break into small groups of five mm, to seven women nice. let you guys talk about it and then come back and so by the end of the weekend you'll have a clear vision of what your family's money values are you'll know the legacy that you want to leave or a general idea of it. And the first, those micro steps you're going to take to make it happen. So this isn't just going to be an event where you're passively consuming content. We're going to talk about some deep things and we're going to help you have an end result by the end of the weekend. That's fantastic. I'm really excited about it. And I love that piece about that, that co-working piece, right? Yeah. Cause I think that's, that's the thing with the with the with the being a, a woman with adhd like i have all these great things and i want to do this and this and this but that you're actually giving you're creating the space to actually get it done yeah so definitely definitely check her out and go ahead I was just going to say there are replays available. So if you aren't available that weekend, you will get 30 days of replay access and you'll also get 30 days within our membership society so that you're able to ask me questions. Um, no recurring payments or anything like that. And then just another thing, Tracy, since you, you've been in the membership, we added this year that twice a month we do group work sessions. Oh, so I people come that. into Zoom 
we put on music and we just do a study hall and like take the power of body doubling. Cause we had so many people that were like, I want to get better with my money. I want to work on things that are just for me and my self care, but I don't know how to protect that space. And so having that time that like, if your kid walks in, they see a whole bunch of other women on the screen and they're like, Oh, I got to go. She's working. Um, has been a really fun addition. Um, especially that that is so important for us, you know, and, (laughs) and Chelsea, I didn't know that you had ADHD too. So, so no wonder I'm like, Chelsea, Chelsea, she, she the way that she teaches it is so ADHD friendly. <laughs> Chelsea, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Super excited about the virtual event, and um, and yeah, definitely check her out. Check out the the uh, the are you calling it calling it a summit or a conference? You called it a conference. conference. Either okay. way, it, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's a, it's a, it's a, virtual, it's a virtual event. <laughs> it's a virtual event. Definitely check it out. Check out Chelsea. She's amazing. She creates, she's created an incredible community. So of people who are just like us, right? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Chelsea. All right. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your vision-driven mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.